0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: The best
3: conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
4: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view.
3: Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything.
0: This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre.
3: Morning, everybody. Jason McIntyre here. Straight Fire for Wednesday, February 24th. You notice I didn't quite have the same vigor and energy this morning. Listen, the Tiger Woods situation... It's kind of a depressing one. Um, I'm sure you've heard by now, unless you were asleep all of Tuesday, Tiger Woods got in a serious one-car rollover accident. Actually, (laughs) pretty close to where I live, Um, up in Rancho's Palos Verdes, out here in Southern California. And, you know, the injuries were very bad. Sounds like he's broken both legs, uh, compound fracture in one of them. And you know what that means. That means a bone sticking out of the skin. Um, Shattered ankle uh, it, it just doesn't sound good for Tiger Woods. Um, obviously he's, uh, he's going to live. Uh, he's, uh, probably not going to play golf for the rest of this year. Um, don't know if he'll end up playing golf again. Uh, just super depressing stuff. Listen, it's too early to speculate. I'm not going to get involved in any of that stuff. Um, Tigers obviously had a very rough last few years, um, with the painkillers and the other stuff. Like, listen, let's not get into it. It's depressing. I t- I've been over this. I I actually was never the biggest Tiger Woods fan, not because of anything he did initially. I just missed that window. And I've told this on my Saturday radio show. Tiger popped like early 2000s. That was like when I had gotten out of college and I was like a young guy, degenerate. My weekends were spent hanging out with boys, uh, you know, chasing girls around New York City and trying to be cool and nursing hangovers and driving up and down. Uh, New York, New Jersey, Delaware. We were going to Dewey Beach, uh, little Jersey Shore, um, the Hamptons, DC, where I was from. Like my weekends were spent seeing my friends and partying. I was not sitting around watching golf. It just wasn't wasn't my thing. And um, I was a young idiot, and I, I just I missed the Tiger window, and I, I just never really got into him. I am a golf fan. I like golf. I bet on golf. Uh, I do like the driving range. I played in a mini golf tournament uh, 2019 for Fox Sports Radio. We actually won the damn thing. Not by any fault of me. Uh, I'm not great by any shakes. Um, I don't even have a handicap. I don't play enough. But I will start playing more. Um, But just wanted to start the show quickly. We'll get to Albert Breer momentarily with some really good NFL insight. I just felt like we needed to start by talking about Tiger Woods. And, like, you guys... For whatever, he is such a huge deal. And being out here in Southern California, I must have gotten 25 texts from friends within a one hour span when the accident happened. And oh my gosh, is he going to live? And I just so happen to have a friend who works at that hospital, a good friend, lifelong friend. And my friends saw the hospital Tiger was at and they were like, does your friend know anything? Um, Because they've all met him. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask my friend yeah uh, what's the word on Tiger Woods is he, you know I'm not getting I'm not doing that um but it, it's just man he's 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 okay he's going to live but um I don't know what if any golf there is in his future and um I saw that he was golfing with Dwayne Wade I guess the Genesis Invitational was over the weekend and then he golfed with Dwayne Wade and David Spade I think on Monday and very uh man just just strange times you know a lot of people initially were like You took Kobe a year ago and don't take Tiger. And yeah, there there were some fleeting moments when you see jaws of life needed to extricate Tiger from the SUV that he flipped in a single car accident. You're like, geez, you think the worst. Um, But I do know that area where the accident happened. It is a super um, high risk area given the speed and um, the curve that is in that area. And listen, I'm not going to defend Tiger. I'm not going to hammer him. We don't know what happened. I'm not jumping to conclusions. But I just thought we'd open the show um, briefly talking about Tiger. Uh, One other thing in sports that happened Tuesday was the NBA All-Star Reserves. I know nobody cares. But there was this outrage that Devin Booker, how could they leave Devin Booker off the All-Star roster? And yeah, Devin Booker deserved a spot, no doubt about it. But the question is, who are you going to boot for Devin Booker? And you keep asking people, and they're like, oh, well, I don't know. you got to boot somebody. You got to find space for him. And, you know, a lot of people ended up coming back to Zion Williamson. And there's zero chance Zion Williamson's ever not making an All Star game if he's healthy. That's just not happening, people. Did you notice when the bubble started up, who had the first game? It was Zion Williamson. Like, he is a massive box office draw. And let's be real. Uh, NBA's a business. They need Zion Williamson in the All-Star game. It is a dunkathon, and Zion will thrive. And yes, Devin Booker is worthy, and yes, he's great. I don't know where he fits on that uh, in, in the West. I just don't know who you take out uh, for Devin Booker. And remember, when James Harden left... He basically went to the East thinking he's going to steal a spot from somebody. And listen, um, no Trey Young. Trey Young's been tremendous. DeMontis Sabonis, who's on my fantasy team, he's been excellent. I'm surprised he didn't make it. Fred Van Vliet has been amazing. Tobias Harris has been good. Malcolm Brogdon. But there just aren't enough spots. I mean, if there was a year to add a spot or two, this was probably it. I mean, bam, out of bio is emerging as one of the best big men in the league. He didn't make it. The Heat are struggling. Um, I will say, nice to see Zach Levine make the All-Star game. I'm telling you, he might be the most slept-on player in the league. He is so damn good. You just don't realize it because the rest of his teammates stink. It's not his fault they can't build a team. Zach Levine can play, and he's finally getting his props. All right, that's enough on the NBA and Tiger Woods. Let's get to Albert Breer from Sports Illustrated. We're talking about everything. Deshaun
0: Watson.
3: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on-and-off-road adventure. Go to tirerack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation, the right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone. Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's tirerack.com slash Colin. Tirerack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write.
4: Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, deputy opinion editor.
1: And I'm Amanda Ripley,
3: a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called
4: Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. We've got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports.
4: I know what sports
0: fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy.
2: All
3: right, let's not waste any time. Let's get right to him. Albert Breer, Sports Illustrated. You know him. He has been on this podcast. He's everywhere, man. He's TV. He's like a huge deal in Boston. I think Belichick still hates him. And he had a great nugget in his most recent column we're going to ask him about. But first of all, Albert, how are you doing, man?
2: I'm good. I'm good. How are we doing out there?
3: Yeah, yeah. California, 70 degrees uh, on Tuesday. It's not bad. Thanks for that.
2: Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, We we us up up to. We got up to 40 today. Oh, 40! And it felt like 70. So, oh, my gosh. So take that. Brutal.
3: You got another month of that probably. Um, yeah. All right. Let's, I mean, there's so much stuff we want to get to. You're kind of like, you know, the one of the reporters who says it like it is instead of kind of pulls punches. We have to start with Carson Wentz. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to Indy. Albert, I got to be honest. I don't think this is as much of a slam dunk as everybody else. Um, the numbers don't lie. The injury history, the pouting last year. I mean, I know Indy didn't have a lot of options outside of Wentz, like, what Mariota, Winston. Um, Do you think this is a a great fit in Indy?
2: I think it's, like, uh, put it this way. If there's a place where it's going to be fixed, where he is going to be fixed, it is in Indianapolis. Um, I, I do think, like, if you look at the, you know, you look at the interest, the same way the league let us know what they thought of Matthew Stafford with all the teams that were lining up with first round picks for him, the league let us know what they thought of Carson Wentz. <laughs> and I mean, like, honestly, like the, 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 interest like simply wasn't there. And so I think for the Colts, it's a worthy flyer to take. Um, and I think that's sort of how they view it. Like over the next, this is a two year flyer that you're taking. And I, I think part of the equation for them was also how far they are from the top of the draft and the possibility that those guys, those four guys um, that are seen as the franchise types in this year's class, obviously Trevor Lawrence is you know, on a different planet, yeah. but that Justin Fields and Zach Wilson and, and Trey Lance, like to get up in the range to get one of those guys would have cost a lot. So rather than do that, they, they do this. And Carson sort of helped to steer the process and making it known um, pretty early on that Indianapolis was where he wanted to land if you want to look at the circumstances, as long as they can get the left tackle position shored up, which this gives them the flexibility to do it. Cause they still have their one. Okay. If you do that, you've got a great offensive line, good young skill players, Jonathan Taylor, and Michael Pittman, good older skill players. As long as you bring back T Y Hilton, you've got him, you've got Jack Doyle. Um, it's just like a lot going for them there. And you get to play for the guy in Frank Reich who helped get the most out of you right. your first two years in the league. So I don't know if Carson once is fixable. What I would tell you, though, J-Mac, is that he went to the best place to get fixed, personally. Right.
3: Fair enough. I'll buy that. So, uh, given what you said about the draft, do you think this means Mac Jones, who would be the quarterback number five, will not be there at 21? You had an incredible item in your column about uh, Mac Jones being better than Tua, according to an Alabama receiver. Uh, first of all, how was that met? Did you get any angry calls from agents about that?
2: Not yet. Okay. I mean, I'm sure that they could be coming. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, uh, that
3: was staggering, honestly.
2: Yeah. I, well, I mean, and look like, I think, you know, it's in a lot of cases, like those questions get asked in these meetings, you know, when they have interviews with players and everything else, they'll cross check other guys. And so it's not uncommon that these questions get asked. It just sort of stuck out to me, the whole idea, like that he was so definitive about, about it and that he felt so strongly about it. And it makes sense to some degree too. Cause Mac Jones, the guy throwing to him when he won the Heisman Trophy, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Mac now because I think on one hand you've got a guy who is hyper productive, who was and um, the right kind of kid, who is intelligent, who can see it, who can throw it, but you know I think the big question that NFL types are facing right now is is he an outdated style of quarterback, Ooh. right? Like is he? Has his time come? Is he like the VHS of this (laughs) year's quarterbacks, you know? And I think that's the question, right? Like, so do you still think that type of quarterback can can succeed at the NFL level? Mm. If you do, then he's got a lot going for him. But there are teams that don't feel like you can win with that type of guy. Will he
3: get past Belichick at 15?
2: Yeah, I think it's... I wouldn't bank on the Patriots taking him. Doesn't mean they won't. Right. But he's going to know the good and the bad. He's going to get the straight, like he's going to get 100% straight honesty. And based on what Devonte Smith told this team um, and other teams, like, I I don't think that I don't think it's like wild to think that like maybe, you know, that, that, that Nick would give bill a, yeah. you know, a endorsement and that bill might reach for the guy. I just know this. There are lots of teams that don't think he's a first round pick. Yeah. They don't think Mac Jones is a first round pick. And so, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes 15th overall, JMac. It wouldn't surprise me if he goes 50th overall. Ooh,
4: 50th—that so, would be quite like, the fault. I just,
2: th- just think—I just think that he's one of these guys where beauty is going to be in be yeah. in the eye of the
3: beholder. Well, listen, it's clear if Belichick passes on a Saban quarterback twice in the first 40 picks, like that should be a tell right there, right? Because Saban and Belichick are famously super tight.
2: Yep. And obviously the Patriots have a gigantic need at the position. I mean, this is all obviously presuming that that need is still there two months from now, which who knows.
3: Okay, I had heard, I haven't seen this really reported, Deshaun Watson was in Miami over the weekend. It's unclear if he was just hanging, what he was doing, Mm -hmm. if there is someone in the Miami front office he's friendly with. Um, I had thought it was Carolina or Jets, but it sounds like Miami's firmly in the mix. Is there anyone else for Watson? Any sleeper teams out there?
2: I mean, I think everybody's gonna be involved, you know. Yeah, like but I, realistically,
3: I, like I obviously. Mean, like, well,
2: all right. So, like some some of this is gonna come down. Uh, so the one thing that there there are two like timing items I think you have here, right? The first is that like Deshaun Watson, his his value is gonna hold. So they're not facing like a timing issue the same way the Eagles were with Wentz, the same way say the Jets are with Darnold, the same way like the Niners would be if they were shopping Garoppolo and they aren't, but if they were like. Part of it with those sorts of guys is how many seats are still open or they're going to be bidders. Deshaun, I think, is immune to that. So on one sense, timing doesn't matter. The Texans can wait until a draft and they can still get really good value for him because he's that great a player. On the other end, I do think it's going to affect the field somewhat because I do think there are teams with sitting quarterbacks or with evolving quarterback situations that might make a move now but might not make a move like two months from now. And I'll give you two Pittsburgh and new Orleans, right? Like those two teams, I could see them. If, if Deshaun Watson were to come available in the next 24 hours, I could see those teams taking a swing at him. Wait, a second. Wait, wait, what are they the have...
3: saints, What does the saints possibly have to offer? They're capped out. Um, I don't right. think they have any high picks. Like what, what? I don't understand how they're, they're a player.
2: Well, I mean, what do they have to offer? They, they, have to, to offer, they have. I mean, they, they, well, they could trade picks, right? Michael They've Thomas, young and talent on the roster. They might, they have young talent on the roster. that they might be willing to unload because they do have to get under the cap. So, say you throw like a Marshawn Lattimore in, into a trade or a Michael Thomas into a trade, right? So you could do that, and like, I mean, if from Deshaun's perspective, the opportunity to go play inside in New Orleans for Sean Payton. I would think would be appealing, right? right. So I'm just saying, like the, the the larger point I'm trying to make here is that on one on one hand, like timing doesn't matter, and that I think for the Texans or for the Texans, they can hold on to him for two months, right? And his value is going to hold, so it's not as time sensitive that they make a decision on him as it would be with other teams. Where on the other end, timing does matter, and that I think there are a lot of teams, i, mean, I got a ton of teams that would be interested right now. Uh, and maybe some of those teams that would be interested right now, like the Steelers, for example, like Ben Roethlisberger, that situation is going to be resolved, you know, in two months. Right. It's like, so maybe they would make a run right now, if you were available right, right. now, but two months from now, they may have already kind of. Yeah. Walked back down the aisle with Ben Roethlisberger, so to speak.
3: Huh. Um, you know, it's weird. Daniel Jeremiah was on here and talked about the value of draft picks and how, you know, you could offer picks twelve and twenty mm-hmm. and twenty-eight or whatever. But really a top five pick is what teams want, because that's where you can get your quarterback and a real superstar versus the crapshoot at twenty-four. Like who knows if the 24th pick is going to hit yep. your chances of hitting in the top five. So that to me means Jets or Dolphins. But
2: well, th- that's why those two teams have such an advantage to yeah. Mac. If you okay. think about it, like those two teams can offer top three picks. They can also offer young quarterbacks if you want them, right? Like so they could also offer Tua and Sam. Like you could offer picks, you could offer young quarterbacks. Um, and both those teams, the Jets and Dolphins, have multiple first round picks. So you can offer, if you're one of those teams, two current year first round picks. Mm-hmm. So you think about that, and it's like those teams, those two teams, I mean, so much about this offseason. I'll tell you, there's so many parts of this offseason that relate to the Jets and the Dolphins picking <laughs> second and third overall. And the Deshaun thing, if you were ever to become available, would be part of it.
3: Yeah, It makes sense if you're a Jets fan or a Jets front office member to really leak out how great Zach Wilson is, right? Because then anybody drafting will say, oh, I would love the number two pick. Oh, my gosh, can't wait to get my hands on Wilson. Meanwhile, where are you on Wilson, man? I like him. I've had him ahead of Justin Fields for a while, but you are a Fields guy from Ohio State. Um, I am usually leery of these one-year wonders, but Mm -hmm. Burrow kind of punctured holes in that. And, you know, I, I mean... I don't know. Do you think Wilson officially
2: goes number two? I think he's fascinating because I think the Mahomes comparison has sort of gotten to some people. <laughs> and, um, you know, I mean like he, like from a playing style perspective, he plays like Mahomes. I don't know that he's got the physical attributes that yeah. Mahomes has. Um, uh, but I, look, like, I, like, I still think like with each of these guys, you know, with, so with Zach Wilson, it's, and there's a million things like, like his size, his physical stature, his uh you know like the like the, the level of competition there's the whole captain thing too like there's like a number of different things where people are going to poke holes on him Wait, what's Justin the captain Fields, thing well he wasn't elected a captain
3: got it okay and that's usually which is weird the for a quarterback obviously.
2: right like going into the year now like i i actually found out like i think he was like named a captain halfway through the year or something like that but that's something that's going to be asked you know what i mean for a guy who's a quarterback right um you know, and then you have uh, you have Justin Fields who like look like there's like you you see there, there were there were certain games where it looked like it got muddy on him. And when things weren't like he couldn't see it, like he couldn't see it the same way when defenses were able to throw something a little different at him. And that's what the NFL is, right? Like, so is it he needs to play more or is it he doesn't see it fast enough? That's how, questions. How, how about this?
3: Do, and this is uh, uh, silly, but I have to ask it. Does the Haskins flame out? Um,
2: he's a totally have, different kid from. Fla- I, Haskins, I, I, I
3: know, that? I know. But just the, the the monster numbers that Fields has put up. Sure. And he's obviously more talented, but Haskins put up what 50 touchdowns and he went yeah. in the top 10. Um, does that hurt Haskins, him at all?
2: So Haskins is a tremendous thrower of the football. Mm-hmm. You know, the maturity questions were there with Haskins. And I don't think they're there the same way with fields. Okay. So like, I don't know that like Haskins failure is so much like he's a horrible prospect, you know, like he, like like everybody was wrong about him, you know, as a passer, I think he's a really talented passer. I think he was a pretty advanced passer for a college kid too. The maturity thing is definitely what got him. Right. And so the question with fields is different. It's not, is he mature enough? Is he tough enough? It's not like any of that. Right. It's does he see it fast enough? Yeah. And so like that part of it, I think, is sort of like it's just they're they're very different questions. I always bring up the example too, J Mac here of like the do you remember the the coach Je- Jeff Tedford, right? Like Cal, maybe? Cal Fresno, yeah. right? So you had all these first round bust quarterbacks that came from his system. So Keely Smith, it was Joey oh, Harrington, it was Trent right. Dilfer. Right. And like everybody, like the whole thing was like guys who come from Jeff Tedford system, like can like like just there's something he does where it doesn't project well to the NFL. OK. Do you know who the last one was? I'll go Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers. So Derek Carr actually was one I missed, but Aaron Rodgers was the one who Ooh. was dogged by that question because it was again. <laughs> Thanks for throwing Carr in there because he was part of it, but it was Carr. It was a Smith. It was Joey Harrington. It was Trent Dilfer. And then. You know, like all of that, like winds up hurting Aaron Rodgers in the draft, Aaron Rodgers falls. And you know what? Aaron Rodgers is pretty good. Yeah. So, like, I think that there is some danger sometimes in right. tying kids together based on systems or schools they went All to. All right.
3: Let me ask you about the draft and the combine. Like, currently, the combine would be happening, I think, in Indy like this week. This I've been a week, few yeah, times. I think
2: it's this week. I'm not positive yeah. about that. But I think you and I connected
3: week. there a couple times. Breer, yeah. you know, tossing back some brewskis at uh, what was that steakhouse on the corner?
2: Yeah, well, it used to be called Moe's. It might have been Moe's at the time. Prime 47 now. Prime forty. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. That place was jumping. I mean, fun conversations. Anybody would talk. They were all liquored up. Like, what do you guys... I knew you were at the Senior Bowl, or I think you went there, right? Yeah. Yeah. How would you compare the normal combine to whatever the hell's going to happen now? Like, how are you going to handle it? Are you traveling a lot? Are teams traveling? Like, I know everything's yeah, limited. So, but.
2: I mean, I look, I, I'd say the biggest... Dip, like So, you know, obviously the Senior Bowl was more... The senior bowl was more important this year than ever before because you know, body typing guys is a big part of it, right? Like and being able to see guys with your yeah. own eyes. And this isn't for me because I'm not a scout, but like the guys who are scouts, like it's an important piece of it. And they have even less of this going into the season than ever before because guys weren't going out on the road as much this year for obvious reasons, yeah. right? Especially the GMs. Like I was told like only one GM in the NFL was actually going out to college games this fall because of the the, the COVID protocol, wow. right?
3: AFC or so, NFC?
2: So I, I don't, I actually don't know. Okay. You know, it's funny. Like I, I actually don't know, but I did hear the number was one. Oh, um, God. So whatever it's worth, there was one that, that didn't, that, that went out. But other than that, 31 of the 32 didn't. It's like, so you think about that. Like, so you didn't have the opportunity to see them in the fall fit with your own eyes. You got the opportunity to see some of them at the senior bowl. And you got a chance to sit down and talk to them. Well, those 15-minute interviews for most of the teams, the teams that weren't coaching in the Senior Bowl, might be the only 15 minutes you have face-to-face with the kids. You're gonna have Zoom interviews, and you're gonna to get to maybe go see them at their pro days. But you're—that's the only chance you're gonna to have to sit face-to-face with the kid and talk to him. Think about that. That's a multi-million-dollar decision. Yeah. I mean, you are writing checks for your owner, and. Based you know, off like their
3: Zoom interview, like
2: oh right, and, and and so I think it means a couple things, right? Number one, if you have medical concerns, you're probably going to be a little bit more, like more cautious, right? Number two, if you have character concerns, you're going to be a little bit more cautious, right? And then number three, I think if you have background at the school or you have a good area scout, you may lean on that a little bit more than you mm. normally would, okay? Because those like information is going to be king for these teams now, and so you know we talked about Belichick and Saban. It's if you have relationships with those sorts of people, those relationships this year are going to be more valuable than they ever have been, because there's going to be no more walking out of the pro day and going and getting lunch with the kid, or going and getting lunch with his yeah. position coach, or going and you know there's just not going to you going not be bumping into people anymore. So, information is going to be harder to come by for those people. And I like, so I I think teams are going to be more risk averse. And I think, you know, your area scouts and your relationships with the different college coaches are going to be more important than they've ever been.
3: Uh, You know, I feel like, I don't know if it was you who told me the story, but like Deshaun Watson interviewed with a team coming out of Clemson. And he like went to the cafeteria and all these players like gravitated toward him. And you could tell, man, yeah. that guy's an alpha. That's a guy we want. Like none of that's going to be available this year. Albert. Yeah, none I mean, at all.
2: And it's interesting. Cause they're like, like, I'll give you a great example. So like Trevor Lawrence, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so Trevor Lawrence, like throws his pro day, whatever it was, I think it was two weeks ago now, whatever it is, a week and a half ago. And, um, you know, like on the way out of his pro day, so he's doing his interviews with ESPN and NFL Network. Um, and on his way out, like the scouts are filtering out of the building and they're not really allowed to like talk to him, right? There are all these rules about what they can do, Ugh. what they can't do. But Trevor made a point to go up to every one of the scouts and give him a fist pound and say, thank you for coming. Because he knew like those guys had to go out of their way to come. Right. So he was going to go out of his way to make sure that he knew that they knew he they that 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 he appreciated them making the trip, and so little things like that oh, yeah. are actually going to be important now. Okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. and where it's like a sort of an anecdote. Now it's like oh, like good. That kid has a good head on his shoulders. He yeah. knew to do that. Like yeah. that's that was really good. And so like I think you're going to have a lot of that stuff at like pro days now, where like even the smallest little things, the smallest little takeaways are going to be magnified.
3: All right, this is, you know, I'm not trying to sound too insidery, but a couple former NFL players are training with a lot of prospects out here in Orange County, California. And I'm just curious, what is stopping Sean McVay from driving out to the school? Because if I know where it is, Sean McVay sure as hell knows where it is. What's stopping him from going out there and just watching the workouts? Or the casual, as it's known in the college basketball world, the bump. Oh, you're walking it. You just happen to bump into a recruit. Oh, hey, how are you? And you strike up a conversation like, I, I mean, what rules prevent that stuff from happening?
2: I yeah, I, I wish I had a better idea of what mm. rules are on the books right now. But I know in any normal year, you have to report all of that stuff. You know, like you have to like report a hey, this because they have like so, for example, like they allow... In a normal year, thirty—they're called thirty visits, right? Yeah. And you're allowed to bring thirty prospects into your building, so you can fly them in, take them to dinner, give them a medical at your at your building, all that different stuff, right? And so, like all that stuff in a normal year has to be reported. And so, I can't imagine the NFL is going would, would go forward without putting some sort of restraints right. on what they can do. And I all I, I already know. They're outlawing private workouts. So teams can't go and work guys out on their own Mm. the same way they normally would be able to. And they can do that on these kids' college campuses. So I would have to think there's going to be something in there where, and look, I heard an incredible number, J Mac. Like, I don't know if you know this. So, like, there are 85% of draft prospects um, work out in a total of four states. (laughs)
3: 85?
2: Yeah, I'll see if you can name them. What are the four states?
3: Uh, California for sure. Yep. I would assume Florida. Yep. Uh, I will add Texas. Yep. Uh, Louisiana. Nope. Arizona.
2: Arizona. There you yeah. go. You got the four. Four warm <laughs> yeah.
3: weather states, right?
2: Yeah. So, so, but 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 my point is like they can't. The NFL can't allow that because you'd be giving like an advantage to the Cowboys to the Texans to the Dolphins yeah, to the yeah, Bucks certainly. to the Jags, to the Cardinals, to the Rams, to the Chargers who can drive to these places. So I would have to think that there's going to be something put in. And if it hasn't been put in already, and I haven't checked on that, but that would prevent like, you know, like you said, Sean from going over to uh, that unnamed school in orange County to go see a couple of quarterbacks yeah. throw.
3: Um, all right. One last draft question before we get to Russell Wilson. Is there anything absolutely bonkers you've heard player, rising or falling that you haven't really reported on yet that you just feel like dropping on here, you know, out of the kindness of your heart or it didn't have space in the column and you didn't want to put it on a tweet, Um and, and preferably, you know, a player we know, but uh I don't want to put you on the spot too much.
2: <laughs> you just don't quit. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh Yeah. I mean, I think that like, I think the one thing I would say is like that I think, you know, Jamar Chase is more of a leader in the clubhouse to be the first receiver taken than anybody knows, right. and I think a huge part of that is just the physical, um, his physical stature. You know, and, and 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 so you look at him versus Devonte Smith, and I know I love Devonte Smith yeah. as a player. Trust me, he's incredible.
3: Didn't you say he
2: didn't measure out at the Senior Bowl because of all the five
3: ten one seventy? Yeah, I mean, like, on he
2: didn't. He didn't. He didn't do the measurements there. Yeah. And I look, it's an amazing fact there's only been two receivers over the last 10 drafts that have gone that, that, that over the last 10 drafts, there's only been two receivers under six, one and under 200 pounds have like under six, one and 200 pounds that have gone in the top 10. I think John Ross
3: is one of them, right?
2: John Ross is one Tavon Austin is. Oh goodness. Yeah. So like there's that history and that history matters. There's also like the other issue that all the Alabama kids have is that they're maxed out. You know, that's what everybody thinks. Like they're so well coached. Yeah. And they're so well schooled and they're in such a good football environment that when they get to the NFL, like sort of they are what they are. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, you know, Jamar Chase, just physically being what he is, the production and people forget this because he opted out, but he was incredible. Like the number the, the the runner up for rookie of the year in the NFL, Justin Jefferson was the number two receiver at LSU at LSU? Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. like, I think Jamar Chase is is more of a solid number one in the eyes of NFL folks at that position than people realize.
3: Uh, it's it's just so weird how like the usually the first wide receiver taken or the second doesn't even pop, and it's usually guys a little further down. Who's a kid from uh, Notre Dame who went to Chase Pittsburgh? Claypool. Yeah, I mean, God,
2: yeah. For my money, well, Claypool you might be the it, second I
3: mean, best receiver uh, to come I mean, out of this I draft. Could,
2: I could send you the list. I, I don't know if I have it offhand right now, but if you look at like the the other thing about the receiver position is if you look at the difference between first rounders and second rounders, I mean, like the second round group might be better than the yeah. first round group over the last five years. It's really I, I'm amazing.
3: Not, I'm sorry. I like I like Smith and I like waddle, but I'm just not buying them as top ten draft picks. like I like Henry Ruggs a lot, but seriously, was he even a top five does he even project out in the NFL as ever being well, a top five is receiver. just
2: so electric fast. And I yeah, think but waddle, gets like one or two targets a game, man. Yeah, Come on. I waddle. I mean, like with the deal with rugs and waddle is they're just so fast. I, here's the thing is like, there is, and people, the NFL, like NFL people tell you, Oh, well, we don't really pay. They do pay attention to this stuff. It's like, whatever's working at the time in the NFL, these guys go after. Right. And right now the model for a lot of teams is, 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 is a Tyree kill, right? Like, and be like what the chiefs and Niners did at their receiver position, yeah. which is stock them with speed. speed. And so there's just, I mean, right now in the NFL, the, the trend is go find yourself a burner that's going to allow you to threaten the defense at every level of the field. And so guys, guys like rugs and waddle, our value to the point where I mean it wouldn't surprise me, J Mac, if Devonte Smith is the third receiver taken behind both yeah. Chase and Waddle, because Waddle is Waddle has that quality where he runs like four where he, I, mean, he'll run a four two four three if he could run right now. I don't know you know where he's at in his recovery, yeah. but um, you know he's seen as one of those sorts of players like a Tyreek type. Of
3: but player. even remember if Tyreek Hill doesn't land with the Chiefs and he ends up on I don't know a shit team like the Bengals. Tyreek Hill probably isn't what he is right now, right? I mean, right. Andy Reid has known how to scheme him up, get him in mm-hmm. positions to succeed. Totally And fair. let's be real, like Tavon Austin, when he got drafted, like he was just in a shit organization. They didn't know how to use him. Then the Cowboys are like, oh, we know how to use him. No, you don't. Nobody knows how to use this guy. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going overboard. Right, right. it's I'll- hard.
2: I mean, it's hard, but like, like I do think that that's something that people are looking And look, like Tyreek, the other thing that like Waddle and Tyreek have, like, and, and this, is, this is the key to it, right? It's not just speed. It's like, what do you do with the ball in your hands? And both those guys, like, you know, Waddle. I think what you see with him, and again, I'm not a scout, but talking to enough people, you kind of you know, get the you get the vibe that this is what it is. It doesn't matter if it's on a reverse. Doesn't matter if you're throwing it to him. Doesn't matter if you're kicking to him. Like with the ball in his hands, he is freaking electric. Yeah. So it's the speed plus like just how electric he is with the ball. In his I, I would
3: actually say that Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel are nearly as electric because of the ability to break tackles. Um, yeah. Obviously, the, and listen, in the NFL, they're not going to be running circles around people the way they did in, a, in the SEC. Yeah. The SEC was crap last year, by the way. You oh, and I. Oh,
2: I think that. the Niners, I mean, if I'm, like, look, like, like, I, I still think that that Niners team, absent the injuries, if they can stay healthy, like, Might. they're still in a really good spot. Like, that offense. Well, wait, who's your quarterback? That offense in week one. I think it's probably Jimmy. I mean, my guess would be, like, I put the Niners in the same bucket as the the Raiders, where, like, until an upgrade is available, Jimmy and Carr will not be available. Until right. those guys, like, I think both those teams are in a spot contractually with those guys where their deals have matured into affordable, uh, maybe don't use the word bargain, but affordable, very reasonable deals. They're into the part of their contracts where they're in non-guaranteed money. They're both under contract for another couple of years. And, you know, I think what both those teams are doing right now is sort of, Hey, we're in a spot where we can survey the landscape and we can wait. And, you know, if a special one comes along, then we'll strike it's the the comparison I've used the last few months is like, it's like Alex Smith in Kansas city, right? We're having Mm. Alex Smith in Kansas city afforded the chiefs, the luxury to wait and wait and wait and wait until they found somebody that they truly loved, and that was Patrick Mahomes, and then they got really aggressive and went and got him. And I think it's a smart way to do business too. Here's why: Do you know who the number one quarterback to take in Andy Reid's first year in Kansas City was? Uh, was 2013. It no, EJ Manuel. Oh, right? gross. that year, EJ Manuel, Geno Smith, Matt Barkley, like that was the quarterback class that year. And a lot of people were saying, like, well, the Chiefs should just draft one. Well. You don't just draft one. There's got to be one there for you. Yeah. So I think like being in that position, the point is the fact that the fact that the Chiefs had Alex on their roster allowed them to sort of step back. Yeah. And okay, we don't have to. We're not pigeonholing. We're not pigeonholing ourselves into a single year. We can win with the guy we have, and while we're doing that, we'll keep looking at quarterbacks, and then eventually, maybe we'll find one we fall in love with, and that happened. And I, I think that the that's analogous to what's happening with San Francisco and Vegas. Now where those two teams had the luxury to sit and wait and survive, survey the landscape. Yeah. And if there's a massive upgrade out there for them, then they strike.
3: All right. So we'll wrap up with this and you can be brief if you think there's nothing to it, but you know, Mike silver who we both know NFL network is talking about some Russell Wilson stuff. And it does seem a little vague. Uh, it almost seems in vogue Albert this off season to just mention a quarterback, Unhappy potential trade. Just, you know, I'm not saying it's clickbait, but it is, it it has an NBA feel to it. Yeah. I cannot imagine a scenario where the Seahawks trade Russell Wilson. And I I don't know. Is there anything there? Or should we just say, you know what? There's not, Russell is going to be the Seahawks quarterback until he retires or something.
2: There's so much history there. If you think about it, like, all right, so like the court, the the contract negotiations with Wilson and the Seahawks got a little contentious. You remember like the whole thing about him wanting a baseball contract?
3: That's right. Yes. Uh,
2: like there was the there was the um there was the 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 friction with the defensive players early in his career in 13 and 14, 15, right? Yeah. And like we've heard grumbling from his camp in the past about the style of offense, about the offensive line, right? So there's all that history. And now he goes public with some of it. Right. And for the first time, he's actually saying it out loud. And I think, you know, he felt like maybe Aaron Rodgers saying what he said at the end of the season, gave him cover. Like now I can put some pressure on the Seahawks publicly. The Seahawks didn't take too kindly to that. I don't think I don't think they appreciated that. Snyder. Right. So, you know what, you know what you say, if you're the Seahawks, you know what, I'm going to take some calls on you. Uh... And I I don't think they trade him. I, I also think there's enough history here where we can say maybe there is a point when he's on a different team. Like maybe he doesn't retire a Seahawk, you know, but I, I certainly think, but I certainly think that the plan for right now for the Seahawks is to go forward with Russell Wilson as the quarterback. And, you know, maybe it eventually gets to the point where it's untenable and whatever, three, four, five, six years down the line, we're talking about Russell Wilson going somewhere else to try and get a ring. But for right now, it just feels to me like maybe this is more jostling than anything else. I would agree.
3: All right, Albert Breer, SI.com. He's the man, dude. All right, Albert, thanks a lot, man. We'll talk
2: to you soon.
0: All right, thanks, J-Mac. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, The cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.
1: I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last twenty-five years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.